I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Terminated. That is the unfortunate but true Word of the day, welcome to Nothing Personal, terminated, as in all employees of the Football League XFL, not the NFL, the Vince McMahon-owned XFL, the league that started with such great promise, great ratings, halfway through their 10-game season. There was a wait to see that they would actually make it through a full year, unlike the previous incarnation of the, I think it was the AFL. But in a conference call that just happened, all employees of the XFL were terminated. It's an unfortunate result of the coronavirus pandemic. But Vince McMahon, as the owner, had put together enough money to finance the entire season. That was his plan, which is why we all thought the XFL had a chance to find its legs. The reality when there is a market correction, when there's a pandemic, when there's an economic recession that could even turn into a depression, is that everybody needs to change the plan. It's like my, one of my favorite movies, The Family Man, with Taya Leone and Nicolas Cage. Don Cheadle says to him, hey, you got to do this. Nicolas Cage says, but I've got something else going on. I've got plans for tomorrow. And he says to him, well, you've got a new plan now, Jack. The reality is that everything that we thought was happening tomorrow and the day after, there will be a tomorrow and a day after, but it's going to be under a new plan, a new normal. Vince McMahon, the WWE basically financed his ability to start the XFL. With the WWE shut down, with sources of revenue completely dried, with his investment income completely down, I'm speculating, but I don't think I'm wrong. You have to make choices. We've talked about on Nothing Personal, the business side of sports. There will be so many sports teams impacted by this, not just players' salaries, but people who work in and around sports. We don't yet know the impact. The travel industry, the food industry, we simply don't know. Vince McMahon could not wait any longer. He chose today. Why would he have chosen now to speak to his employees? Because every day that you are paying employees without revenue is a day that you are cutting into your cash reserves. And eventually your cash reserves run out. He's got Vince McMahon I'm talking about has plenty of employees in all sorts of different areas. You think when McMahon was on the call with the president? He didn't know he was about to terminate all of his employees with the XFL. Of course he did. You think Roger Goodell didn't know, didn't realize? Was Roger Goodell rooting for the XFL to fail? He'll tell you he wasn't. The more football, the merrier. But of course he was. Not that he wanted all those employees terminated, but he didn't want the XFL to succeed. That makes sense. Why would you want more competition for the entertainment dollar that you are providing as a football league? 
It's a very complicated issue, and this pandemic is making it even more complicated. If I'm Vince McMahon, do I tell him that, hey, you made the wrong decision? How much planning did it take? Well, when you're deciding to shut down a business, what you've done is you've modeled all possibilities for how long you can hang on. What is the absolute drop dead date? Vince went through this and he knew in his mind that if he didn't have revenue of some sort from WWE, from the possibility of future XFL games, the TV revenue from the XFL postseason, that he would not be able to hang on past today, April 10th. I think it's April 10th, but I don't know. Yes, it's April 10th. Anyone else having a hard time knowing the day of the week and the date? All the days just, they end with why. That's about all I know. So the second thing about the XFL closing down is that all those employees, and I want to give a shout out to them, whether you're on the social media side, whether you're on the team side, or even a player, you are part of a startup, and any startup has a very small chance of succeeding. Some of them do, but the majority don't. And when you go into a startup, you know that. No one could have predicted what was happening with a pandemic coming down the road. No one knew the impact it would have economically, socially, financially. We're only starting to find out. The nothing personal word of the day, terminated. Dana White gave us some content today, baby. Dana White is something else. So CBS Sports HQ and CBS, thank you so much for nothing personal, for giving us this platform. Obviously letting Coca and I be with you every day. 45 minutes a day. We appreciate it. You download, you subscribe, you rate, you review. Please don't forget to give five stars, write a review. Make sure you ask a question within your review. We'll do that end of month podcast. Make sure you're telling a friend just about nothing personal. Why not give a friend 41 to 45 minutes of excitement five days a week? Not bad. So CBS Sports HQ, I was doing some anchoring the last few days. A shout out to all the anchors out there on CBS Sports HQ, from Hakeem Dermish to Chris Hassel to Brandon Baylor to Amanda to Jenny, Tommy, TT, Jeremy St. Louis. You guys have a hard job. But something came up while we were anchoring, and it was happening while we were doing it. To me, it was like breaking news. It was so unbelievable. Dana White has canceled No, I can't say that. Dana White has halted. No, I can't say that. Dana White has postponed UFC 249. Remember back at the old Nothing Personal when we talked about, is it halted? Is it postponed? Canceled? What's the word? Dana White was clear to announce that UFC 249 has been postponed. You remember that one, the one taking place on Indian tribal land in California, the Tachi Palace somewhere in California? The governor stood up and said, I'm not sure this should be happening. The senators called and said, I've got grave concerns, Dana. Dana fought to the bitter end saying, concerns, concerns. I have no concerns. We need live sports and I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the first one to do it. Remember the whole private island? We talked about it yesterday. The Fantasy Island, Private Island, he wanted to go ahead, not only have UFC 249, but he was starting to build and operate this private island. Well, guess what happened? Today is Friday. Is there any bad day when you hear the following? You got to know that something's good going to happen, right? I mean, you just, when you hear it, does it make you think of Schitt's Creek? 
because it does. But here it comes. Ready? Wait for it. Hello? Hi, uh, Dana? Uh, yes, this is Bob. Bob. Bob, Bob the Builder? No, um, Bob Iger? N- no, I thought that you resigned. I thought you're not the head of Disney anymore. Dana, this is Bob. Listen to me. You cannot do UFC 249. But, but Bob, we want to be the first. We have everyone ready. It's totally safe. We've tested like every 10 people. We have gloves that only some of them have holes in it. And there's very little blood. I don't know if you know, but in UFC 248, it was perfectly fine. We only need one doctor and he still has two years left of med school. So how about just work? Dana, pay attention, please. Don't make it so I have to come out of retirement and tell you in person that you're not doing UFC 249. Bob, can I just give you one thought here? I think ESPN really does need this. I know that we're going to provide unbelievable live content. Now, I know you've heard from the governor. I know you're getting pressure from senators. I know who you're not getting pressure from because I spoke to him just the other day. You you see, Bob, I was in this meeting and I was with all these other commissioners and and all the commissioners, we were together and they were all saying we can't play. But I was saying we can. And it's because of you, Bob. We have live. I'm going to it's going to be great, Bob. Dana. I got 10 more seconds before I hand it off to the new CEO, who, by the way, his name's Bob, too, but not Bob the Builder. And if he calls you, give him the benefit of the doubt that he's actually in charge. But do us all a favor, Dana. Stand down. I understand the pressure you're under. Trust me, our parks are closed. But don't worry, Disney Plus subscriptions are up. But trust me, our cruise line is down. I understand the need to try to make money. I do. I'm giving up my entire salary during this. No, I, no, no, Dana. Bob, are you giving up your bonus too? Dana, that's not the question. And that's not the point. The point is that you are embarrassing Disney and you're embarrassing us and we don't like it. As you know, we try to make sure that no one does anything to embarrass us. No one talks about anything political. We make sure everyone is in line and Dana, you have not been in line. I understand the pressure you have from Endeavor. I know there's debt. I know what that company sold for, but we are your broadcast partner, as in we write you the checks. You will now stand down. Hey, Bob, it's it's saying it. Just one more thing. Um, How many I've been I've been modeling this and I just want to make sure I'm right. Are you willing to send 212 people to the private island? Because we're going to start broadcasting from that island. But I need people to actually TV towers, and I need people who can be mechanical, laying wire, and I need, I, need a, I need maybe two doctors, one resident, one intern. I don't know, maybe, maybe that guy McDreamy's available. Just where, where are you on the private island? Hey, Dana, let me be clear because this is our final conversation because I don't have Zoom Pro, and it's been 39 minutes and 45 seconds. You are finished. Stand down. Beep. Now cut to Dana White announcing that it was all over. I would like to announce that UFC 249 has been postponed. We put up quite a fight. You have no idea. We have fought tooth and nail. I want to thank the people on the Tachi, at the Tachi Palace. 
I guarantee you when we come back for 249, you can mark this down. We are bringing UFC to that palace. They were willing to do anything we wanted. They didn't care one bit about safety, coronavirus. As far as they were concerned, they were ready to roll. As far as I was concerned, I was more than ready. And now I quote Dana White. Sorry, that was that was David Sampson talking as Dana White. This is now Dana White in an actual quote. We'll be the first ones back. Fight Island is coming. All good stuff. It's coming, man. We'll get this thing squared away. Get a date from ESPN and we'll be back first. And we'll get these fights going that everybody wants to see. That's literally a quote from Dana White. I'm not sure one bit of that quote is accurate. Well, it's definitely his quote. I think it's all a dream. They're not going to be the first ones back. Let's start with that. Fight Island is not coming. Let's start with that. It's coming, man. Can you imagine Bob right now? Can you imagine all the big executives at Disney and ESPN? Oh, God, we are in bed with this. During times like this, you need leaders and you need leadership. Dana White has shown neither the ability to lead nor the qualities of leadership required to come out of this in a better condition than when you went in it. Some companies are not going to survive, and it's going to be solely based on leadership. What's going to happen with UFC, Dana White? It is a straight wait to see. It's not my wait to see of today, though. Actually, I think it is. Coke, I'm so wrong. Later on in the show, that is the wait to see. I'm doing it right now. You know why? Because it's Friday. My wait to see is simple. There will never be a private island for UFC matches. It's N-G-T-H. Never going to happen. That's my way to see. I don't know how to win that one because I guess we'll have to keep it open in per- perpetuity just in case a private island opens. So I'm going to cut the way to see. This is way better. There will be no private island UFC matches in the next, what month are we in? April, May, June, July, August, September. Let's, let's stop this way to see at Labor Day just for S's and G's. Are you all right with that, Coca? The wait to see is there will be no private island UFC matches prior to Labor Day. Now, of course, Dana White would say otherwise, but I think it's an actual slam dunk. So that is the wait to see. All right. So now I want to talk about a new poll. I'm going to talk about what polls are. You know what a poll is, right? It's what is used to try to take the temperature of a select group of people. Sometimes you poll everybody, sometimes you poll somebody, and sometimes you'll poll anybody. But the truth is that polls are only as good as the information that is being fed to the people who are being asked the questions and the answers that are being given back. That is why you see so much fighting about what poll questions will sound like, how they'll be written. Do you write it in the negative? Do you write it in the positive? I'm going to give you a poll question, and I'm going to do it in two totally different ways and show you how I can get you to say exactly what I want you to say to get the exact results that I want in a poll that I'm asking. Question one. Once coronavirus has passed and you are again free to leave your home, how often do you think that you will be attending sporting events with large groups of people? 
That's question one. Question two. When the social distancing rules have been changed, yet you're still supposed to be wearing masks and maintaining six-foot distances while wearing gloves because we do not yet know whether or not coronavirus will come back or whether the curve will be permanently flattened or will have a vaccine. Do you believe that you are more or less likely likely to attend a sold-out athletic event where you will have no more than two inches in between you and the next person? Well, that's another poll question. I can lead anyone on with whatever I want. Seton Hall conducted a poll that to me was done perfectly. It's just, it was a very small poll done by the Stillman School of Business. They're associated with Seton Hall. They, have seven, they had 762 respondents with a margin of error of 3.6%. What does that mean? Well, here's what they said. They gave a release yesterday to give themselves a lot of attention, and it was good attention. of people contacted, well, they mean 72% of respondents, said they would not attend a sporting event until there is a vaccine for coronavirus with a margin of error of 3.5%. That means it could be anywhere from 685 to 75.5% of the people. A huge number, no matter how you slice it. Let's take the bottom end, 68.5% of people. Now, can you say that 762 respondents is the right number? Where were these people called? Are they in Iowa or are they in New York City? Are they in Nebraska or are they in Los Angeles? Are they in Broward or are they in Gainesville? That's Florida. Where are people being called? If you think Seton Hall, I believe they're in New Jersey. So is everyone being called in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area where it's absolutely impossible to even consider Literally consider going to a sporting event. I can't believe they found 28 to 32 percent of the people who said they would go to a sporting event prior to a vaccine. But what about if all sporting events were in a place like Arizona or Florida or Vegas or Dakota or a private island? You have to be more specific. Why, as a team owner or a team president, am I looking at this poll and paying amazingly close attention to it? Because I need to figure out how to build my business going forward. I need to start over. I am going to start modeling my company fresh. I'm going to look at all revenue items, all expense items. Let's look at a baseball team as an example. I have 81 home games. I have a certain amount of attendance that I'm assuming, a certain amount of ticket revenue that I'm assuming, a certain amount of food beverages, and clothing items, merchandise that will be purchased by every single person coming to games. I have an amount of parking revenue. I have an amount of money that companies will pay me in order to put a sign up at the ballpark. I put all that together. I mix it with revenue sharing, which is a concept we've discussed on Nothing Personal before, and that gives me my total amount of revenue, and then I can start working in my expenses. So why do I care about this poll? Because if you're a team who counts on, let's talk about the Yankees as an example. If you're a team that counts on hundreds of millions of dollars of local revenue generated by fans going to games and eating the buffet in the legends section right behind the plate and the dugouts, there's no more buffets. You have to change the way food is served. You may have to sell every other seat 
There is no guarantee that we will be allowed anytime soon to sit inside a stadium right next to one another. I'm not talking about Marlins Park, where you can always find six feet of separation. I take half the blame for that. Well, I used to take 90% of the blame. And it basically it goes down 10% every six months. So I've been gone now for 24 months, 24 plus six, 30 months. So I'm, I'm actually down to 40% of the blame. So the social distancing that has to happen at games, that lowers my capacity. But if I lower my capacity, then I have to lower my amount of food that I can expect to be purchased. And it goes down and down the revenue chain. Do I get to save money on expenses? Yeah, I don't need to hire as many people for game day activities if you're the Yankees. I don't need as many people security, as many off-duty police, as many concessionaires, as many ticket takers. All of that is true. However, what about the new line item that I have for my business? I need to clean the ballpark after every game in a way that I've never cleaned before. Do you know the amount of money we spent on cleaning the ballpark in between games? It went something like this. We had people come with pressure washers and pressure wash all of the nutshells on all of the popcorn boxes and all of the schmutz that was left behind by people who had come to the previous game. We clean up the schmutz with a paper bag. We pay people to come around with a big bag, no masks, some wear gloves, pick up the garbage, throw the garbage out, wash everything down with a pressure washer, get a few seats, not get a few seats, whatever it is, on to the next day. Have you ever seen your movie theater get cleaned? Ever stayed to watch the credits like I do after every movie and watch the people coming in at $8 an hour who would rather be anywhere else who are on their phone, who are cleaning up all of the stuff that's left behind by the previous people who are watching the movies, dropping stuff everywhere? Do you think for one moment that that's going to be acceptable to anybody? The amount of money required to clean and sanitize is going to change the structure of every expense level of every business. You think that the airlines or the cruise ships are going to clean the way they did before? It won't be acceptable. There will be laws, actual laws in place about what is needed in order to sanitize an arena or a plane or of any sort of venue, a bar, a restaurant. When you've got these new rules in place, that is a new business because people have to clean and they're going to get paid more. But that means prices will go up. The price of your meal, the price of your movie ticket, the price of your cruise ticket, the price of your game ticket. But then you'll have less, fewer disposable dollars, meaning you'll have fewer dollars in your pocket because the markets have gone down because you may have been out of work. So therefore, you don't want to pay as much. That is called the supply and demand. There's a curve that happens, an intersection. When supply goes one way, demand goes another. When you meet in the middle, you find out how to price your items. It's actually called price elasticity is another concept, which is for another day. If I want to get all Milton Friedman on your ass, that's a Pulp Fiction. That's a Pulp Fiction. I don't think he said Milton Friedman, though. I think it was Marcellus Wallace. I can't remember what he said, but I do know that ass was involved. The point is that as an owner of a team or president of a team, as I look at the Seton Hall poll and I think about the Stillman School of Business and the 762 respondents they had to their poll, I'm not focused on the number 762. I'm not focused on the 3.5% or 3.6% margin of error. I'm not focused on any of that. I'm focused on me and my business and what I have to do to start hosting games again. 
because we can talk all we want about what leagues are doing in order to get games back on TV. But until we are comfortable that we can leave our homes again, the entire economic equation of the United States has changed. MLB right now has come up with yet another new plan just announced today. Is it announced? Is it leaked? Is it reported? I'm going to say reported. I'm going to say reported. They came up, MLB did, with a whole new plan. All right, get ready. All 30 teams are going to go to Arizona and play in the minor leagues. No, no, sorry, that was yesterday. All right, new plan. We're going to put all the Arizona teams from spring training back to spring training in Arizona. We're going to take all the Florida teams back to Florida for spring training, play three weeks of spring training games, and then start the season. But wait, here's the kicker. We're not going to have teams go anywhere. We're going to keep the teams who are in Arizona, keep them in Arizona. The teams in Florida, keep them in Florida. Instead of an American League and a National League, we're going to call it the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League. That's right, a complete change for Major League Baseball. Could it be possible? Where if you spring train in Florida, those are the teams you play the entire regular season. If you spring train in the Cactus League in Arizona, those are the teams you'll be playing through the entire regular season. Then you'll get a winner of the Cactus League after a playoff, the winner of a Grapefruit League after a playoff. The winner of the Cactus League will play the winner of the Grapefruit League in the fall or maybe early winter or maybe midwinter classic. And then you will have a World Series winner, an asterisk winner, a 2020 Grapetus winner, or a Cacfruit winner. I like that. The 2020 Cacfruit trophy goes to, could be anyone. Can you imagine these divisions? So here's what it would be in the Grapefruit League. Listen up for your team. The Grapefruit League North. Picture this division, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Detroit Tigers, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Everyone up in Canada, eh? You better get those borders open. You want to get down right now. You want to win that North, you're going to win that North. How about the South? Hold on to your knickers. Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, Orioles. Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, Orioles? Yep. Red Sox still coming third. What about the West? Here it is. The Nats and the Astros, they share a facility. They're in the same division. The Mets, and then, of course, the Cardinals and the Marlins. Because the Mets play in Port St. Lucie, which is just about 40 minutes north of Jupiter, where you've got the Cardinals and the Mets, which is just about 40 minutes north of getting the uh, Astros and the Nationals. So there's not much commute time when you're playing these games in the Grapefruit League. Of course, it's going to be 170 degrees with 125% humidity. Have you ever been to a Florida State League game in the middle of summer? I have. It is H-O-Triple-T. I'm talking hot like Matthew Broderick type of hot. By the way, that's a... I was going to say Paul Simon reference, but it's Neil Simon. That is a Neil Simon reference. Could be Brighton Beach Memoirs. But I don't remember when Matthew Broderick says, hot, it is hot. That's how hot it's going to be in the Florida State League. Although, by the way, the cactus won't be much better. So can you imagine this? Nets, Astro, Nats, Astros, Mets, Cards, Marlins. Someone's going to win that division. Will a wild card come from that too? I guess so. 
All right, let's go to the Cactus League in the Northeast Division. Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, A's. That is the toughest division in all of baseball. Cubs, Giants, D-backs, Rockies, A's. In the West, get ready, Mookie Betts. The Dodgers would play the White Sox, the Reds, and the Indians. And, of course, the Angels. Angels and Dodgers finally would be in the same division. You can tell what Artie Moreno is saying right now. I'm in. I'm voting for it. Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, would give anything. He would give anything to have someone host nothing personal who knows the difference between Brighton Beach memoirs and Biloxi Blues. Thank you, Coco. It's Biloxi Blues. I'm not waiting for someone to correct me on Twitter. Of course it was Biloxi Blues. Why would he be talking about hot in Brighton Beach memoirs? Anyway... Dodgers and Angels in the same division. And then in the Northwest, the Brewers, the Padres, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Royals. It's all very interesting to me. Is it going to happen? The answer is it's the exact same answer as the All-Arizona plan. Baseball is thinking about all different things right now. This is way better than the All-Arizona plan. And realignment, everyone's talking about realignment. Well, we talked in baseball within the competition committee of major realignment that's going to happen, but only after the Rays and the A's take care of their stadium situation and MLB expands by two teams going up to 32. Then you'd have a 16-team American League, a 16-team National League, and total realignment. I was always in favor of absolute radical realignment. I want the Yankees and Mets in the same division. I want the Dodgers and Angels in the same division. Enough of this interleague play or these special rivalries that aren't really rivalries. I want to see them in the division. I want to cut my travel expenses, especially after coronavirus. I want to have as few times on a plane as possible. So any sort of geographic rivalry should definitely be in the same division for an unbalanced schedule. The way it would work is baseball would put together these divisions, if you want to believe the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League, and then the Cactfruit Trophy at the end of the season. What will happen is, by the way, can we trademark? I, I thought of something. If we're going to call the World Series Trophy the Cactfruit Trophy, right? It'll be the Cactfruit winner, the winner of the Cactfruit Trophy. I want to trademark that. I thought of another one overnight. I, I couldn't sleep well. I don't know if anyone else is having trouble sleeping during the pandemic or any day that ends with why. I thought instead of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I thought of the best thing. Why not replace the A with the O and make it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as in Tom Brady or the Tampa Brady-Nears? The Tampa Brady-Nears. Coca, I want to get that trademarked. There's no way anyone else has thought of that. The Tampa Bay Bucks. I think it's brilliant. Coca's yelling at me because, of course, I made that up. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Or am I? Okay. You know, are people actually over the Rudy Gobert situation? Anyone remember who Rudy Gobert is? Rudy Gobert was the player for the Utah Jazz, and I went nuts on Rudy Gobert. Do you remember on an episode of Nothing Personal when I imitated what he did with the microphone, when he gave an interview during the beginning stages of this crisis, and then he licked everyone's microphones, and he licked everyone's tape recorders? Anyone else remember that? And then all of a sudden, he tested positive for coronavirus, and all of a sudden, the league shut down? Anyone? I remember that. Do you remember that Donovan Mitchell ended up getting it as well? His Utah Jazz teammate also tested positive. Well, word has come out today 
that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's relationship is so bad that they're calling it not salvageable. So here's what happens when you have a team that has players on it who don't like each other. I want to tell you, I'm going to give you the list of teams that have players on it who don't like each other. Hold on, I'm going to go to my phone right now. I'm, I'm reading you a list, okay? And I'm just going to do the NBA because I think that's the proper way to do it. I want to start with the NBA. In the NBA, the following teams have players on them who do not get along. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, the Indianapolis Pacers, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Orlando Magic, the Washington Wizards, the Charlotte Bobcats, the Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks, the Detroit Pistons, the Atlanta Hawks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the law. What did I say? Not Indiana Pacers. It's the Indiana Pacers. I apologize. Thank you, Coca. The Los Angeles Lakers, the Clippers, the Denver Nuggets. Do you know what I'm getting at, Coca? The Utah Jazz. We know that. The Oklahoma City 89ers, the Oklahoma City, I absolutely cannot think of, the Thunder, oh my God, the Houston Rockets, the Dallas Mavericks, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Sacramento Kings, the San Antonio Spurs, the Phoenix Suns, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and for sure, the Golden State Warriors. All of those teams, they're the only ones who actually have players who do not get along. So, What's the point of saying that it's a non-salvageable relationship between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Is the owner, the Larry Miller-led, the family of Larry Miller, they, uh, they own the Jazz. Remember, they started laying off employees. They've got major issues with coronavirus, all sorts of stuff going on. You know that. Do you think they care for one second that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have a relationship that's not salvageable? Do me a favor. Take the jump ball, run the play I tell you to run, and play basketball. Period. End of sentence. You think we care one lick if you don't like each other? Pun intended. That said, if you're the GM, you're calling both players and saying, listen, guys, you don't think the world has enough problems right now? You think that what we should be doing is talking about the relationship that we have in the locker room when we've got a problem financially, economically, people are losing their jobs, they're losing their lives, more importantly, and you want to start airing your dirty laundry out in public with leaks? The fact is, you're both free agents after next season, and we may not want to fix this at all. By the way, Donovan, just so you know, that if we do choose, we're going to choose you. Watched a movie yesterday that was a... uh, uh, So I got Disney+. Plus. I just did it. I said, there's got to be a way to try to help out Disney because I can't go to, you know, the Magic Kingdom and I'm not going on a Disney cruise anytime soon and I feel for all of the seasonal employees. What about, and I'm watching TV and looking for things to review. I'm going to try this Disney Plus thing. It turns out that I put the O in ordinary. Everybody's trying Disney Plus. The number of subscribers has increased to a point over their projections that they are currently at a number that they did not project to be at for four years. Everyone's jumping for joy. They're buying Disney stock. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Guess what? The amount of revenue they have for all the people who are subscribing to Disney Plus 
is not a day in the park of Disney World or a week in the life of the Disney Cruise. Do you know how much money I paid for my Disney Plus subscription? Zero. I get it free for a week. And then I think I have to pay $6.99 per month, which I may do until I can possibly leave the apartment. Unless, of course, I see content on there that says I need Disney Plus. I want Disney Plus. So I gave it a try. And I saw a movie called Elephant. Elephant. That's what I'm reviewing. It's on Disney Plus. It's a documentary. It takes place in Botswana, Africa. It's insane. The picture is so high definition that you're literally looking at the hairs on the eyes of the elephants. The eyelashes are so in focus that you wonder whether or not it was an ophthalmologist instead of a photographer. You are so up close and personal to these elephants that Robert Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer have nothing on these cinematographers. The story of what these elephants do to go back and forth through the desert to get water, to get food, the way the rules of the jungle are with lions and hyenas and elephants and birds, how there's a matriarch in a family and that matriarch is in charge of an entire herd of elephants, how a baby elephant is a bigger pain in the neck as a baby kid, but the mother, the patriarch has to take care of the baby elephants to keep them safe. It is absolutely fascinating. It's called Elephant. Give it a try because you can get an hour and a half in just on the actual documentary. And then you can get another hour and a half in on how they filmed it because it makes no sense to me. When you're watching it, I'm too busy saying to myself, which is one of the negatives of the documentary, how they do this? Like when I'm watching Avengers, I know that Robert Downey Jr. isn't inside a mask and flying with some sort of propeller or some sort of. I don't know, fire coming out of his wrists. And I know that Paul Rudd doesn't actually become the size of a pin or that Mark Ruffalo doesn't have Lou Ferrigano. Lou Ferrigano? Anyway, doesn't have Lou's huge body. I know there's stuff going on, but I watched the movie. I'm good. With Elephant, you're watching and you're saying to yourself, whoa, there's people have to be filming this. Were they up all night? How do they possibly get when the elephants are doing this or that? You're telling me elephants have to do that? It actually made me wonder whether elephants may be happier in a zoo. Happier not having to worry about Mufasa. It's worth watching. Elephant, Disney Plus. You can get seven days free and then make your own decision. But if you don't forget to cancel, guess what will happen? Yep, you got to pay. It's like the old Columbia House record deal. Anyone remember that? You got to be really old, really, really old to remember the Columbia House record deal. That's when you signed up. You saw it on TV. You called the 1-800 number. Someone answered. It was always live. You never had to wait. They got your information. They sent you records, and it was great, except they kept charging, and then you got in trouble with your parents. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that too. Disney Plus is like that. If you don't like it, don't forget to cancel. But I think you will. The content is amazing. And I think I this is I'm going to do a quick spoiler on this, by the way. I think I found the island where Dana White wants to film and hold the UFC. I think I saw it during the course of Elephant. And maybe that was part of the conversation with Bob that I didn't do earlier in the show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <sighs> so you want to talk to Samson? This is a good one. I like this, actually. I appreciated this very much. The, uh, so I, I gave you, you know, that the end of season, end of month episodes, I've been doing questions that you do when you rate and review on Apple. And uh, so you want to talk to Samson is questions that you do through Twitter at David P. Samson. But I've been releasing my top 100 list of movies. I carry that around. I have it with me at all times. Whenever I see a movie, I decide, will that movie go into the top 100? And Parasite did this year, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did. I've released number 100 through 21. I still have my top 20 to release, which I'll do at the end of April. However, I gave you my number one movie of all time. And you may recall it was on a previous Nothing Personal episode. And it was called Fearless with Jeff Bridges. Anyway, I hope you see it. So someone actually tweeted at me, DM'd, I'm a fan of Fearless. By definition, I'm taking your question. What are the three things that you think someone needs to have to be a good team owner? And please put them in order. So someone actually asked me, who loves Fearless, great movie, asked me, what are the three qualities in order that someone needs to have to be a good team owner? So I'm going to start at three and go to one. And this to me is the order. Although one is the thing you really need the most. Two is the thing you need second most. And this is what you need third most, but it's still the third most important. Do people prefer, Coca, that I go one to three or three to one? When you give a list, I put it as three to one because I think you want to start, right? You want to count down so you prefer me to start at one? I think you want me to start at three. Okay. He said countdown. You got to be more specific when you're talking to me like that because you say countdown. I don't know what you mean. The number three thing needed to be a good team owner. One, you have to have excessive wealth, the type of wealth that most of your fans have in no way of understanding, comprehending, period. But you have to have that level of wealth. Because if you become a team owner and you don't have excessive wealth, you're forced to make decisions based solely on money. As opposed to wanting to make those decisions and wanting to run it as a business, you're forced to make it and not have any special money to sign that special player. Excessive wealth would be my number three thing needed to be a good team owner. Number two, this is important, and I wrote this purposely, only slight narcissism. That is the number two requirement to be a good team owner slight narcissism. You can't be fully narcissistic. You know those people. There's no way you will not be a good team owner. 
You can't be without ego, without any narcissism, because to be a team owner, you're going to be in the public light. You have to understand what, who you are, what you're doing. You have to sort of believe that it's a bigger role and more exciting and more important than it is. You have to understand what it's like to walk into a restaurant and have people look at you and want to be you. You have to try to hide your problems because everybody thinks you're not normal or real, even though you've got the same problems as everyone else. I mean, who doesn't squat to pee? Only slight narcissism. And the number one trait you need to have to be a good team owner, owner, I said owner, that's funny. The number one trait that you need to be a good team owner is understanding the role of the owner, which is being a private owner of a community asset. That is the most important trait you need to understand that you own this team, not in perpetuity. You are a caretaker of this team as a private company used for the public good. That doesn't mean you shouldn't make money. It doesn't mean you should never relocate your team. It doesn't mean you shouldn't use public money to build ballparks. What it means is you have to have an understanding that when you talk, it has a level of gravitas. It resonates with people. If you're controversial, if you do the wrong thing, it is going to be you're under a microscope. You have like you're in a fishbowl. Everyone's looking at you. And if you start believing in your narrative, you will not be good at what you do. The number one thing, understand that you're an owner of a team, but understand that it's temporary. There's going to be an owner after you, and that team is still going to be around. Thank you. That's a great question. So you want to talk to Samson. And thanks for being a fan of Fearless. Spread the word. Okay, the ML Beard Challenge. Today is day 26 already. Finally, after day 25 yesterday, the first person paid attention and realized the order in which I'm doing this. Day 26 is the Tampa Bay Rays. Hmm. They're the 27th team out of 30. What did David have in mind? Did he skip a team by accident? Did he not know how to alphabetize? What exactly is his plan with the beard challenge? He said 30 teams in 30 days. Yes, I did. He said $1,000 to every team in 30 days. Yes, I did. It seemed as though he was going in alphabetical order. It seemed so long ago. It was the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Atlanta Braves. And now it's the Tampa Bay Rays, but they're the 27th team. What happened? Do you think that I purposefully left the team out? Do you think I accidentally left the team out? Do you think that I wasn't going to save a certain team for day 30? Do you think this wasn't planned from the beginning that I laid out which team's foundation would get $1,000 at which time? Of course I planned it out. It's day 26, Tampa Bay Rays. You got $1,000 to your foundation. I know you're the 27th team, but when it comes to helping seasonal workers, I can tell you one thing for sure. It's just business. It's nothing personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.